Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The new English Premier League season gets underway today, and so begins anew a number of dilemmas that have long plagued fans of the league in the United States and North America at large. On today's show, we discuss a few of those dilemmas and try to arrive at some solutions to help you all on your journey through watching the Premier League this season. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for the weekend of Friday, August 5th. All right, here we are. It's almost the weekend. It's Friday. And here on Soccer Every Day on the Athletic Soccer Show, for those of you that haven't joined us before since we've rebranded and and added a whole bunch of shows to this feed, uh, that over there is Brooks Peck. I say over there as if you're watching on YouTube. You might not be, but he is here uh, with uh, with me today. And what we usually do here on Fridays is we do a preview of the entire weekend hour by hour. Uh, around this time of year, it gets to be very long and very involved because this is that magical time when European and MLS seasons overlap. However, we are not going to do that this weekend because it's Premier League opening weekend, Brooks. Are you excited about this? I'm, I can't believe it's here already. It seems like only yesterday we were in last season. Yeah, uh, that's because it basically was. They're starting the Premier League <laughs> much, much earlier than usual this season because we have uh, a little tournament in the Middle East uh, to, that we have to block out some time for later this year. Obviously, we'll be talking about that later. All we're going to be talking about today, though, is the Premier League, and specifically, Brooks. I thought it would be interesting, instead of going hour by hour and giving you games to watch and everything, which we will do plenty of this year, I think that there is some very interesting dilemmas that Americans face when trying to watch the Premier League. Obviously, many of them uh, are not too much of an impediment to watching the Premier League because plenty of Americans watch the Premier League and European soccer. But there are still problems that are presented uh, that are unique to the experience of watching the game in the United States. I want to find an answer to some of these dilemmas. So are, are you ready to maybe like talk, talk some of these out, figure out a solution? Yeah, let's let's limber up for a new season with some massive existential questions okay. here. First of all, I don't know if this is quite existential, but it's <laughs> but it's but it's an interesting dilemma. There's been so many uh, Americans that have moved to the Premier League, increasingly not just on the field. We're looking at coaches now. Obviously, now almost uh, half of teams in the Premier League have some form of American ownership. In many cases, those are majority owners. And in uh, one particularly notable case, it's uh, a brand new owner that is not a Russian oligarch uh, in the case of Todd Bowley and Chelsea. <laughs> so, Brooks, I, the question I pose to you, how many Americans need to be involved in a Premier League game in order to make it a like must-see, all-American event, you know, milestone event in the world of American soccer, these sorts of things? Uh, I feel like you can market just about any game in the Premier League that way anymore. Uh, but 
what what what's what's the number here and and at what levels are are we are we talking about here do they all have to be players can we talk about american owners like what what are your thoughts here i mean i don't know how many people tune in to watch the owners do battle um so oh, i do every every <laughs> week i love to watch todd bowley just sit there <laughs> <laughs> so that level gets a little trickier unless there's some uh other drama going on which chelsea fans might be familiar with at this point yeah um but yeah, I mean, I think there's two two questions here. There's quantity and there's quality. If if we're talking the biggest of the big name American players, then you might only need a couple to to make it a must see. But if we're talking, you know, a wider cross section of the pool, then maybe you need three or four or five to make it really a, a must see uh, event. So I think probably, I, obviously, it stands to reason that the least that you can possibly have and still consider the big event is two because you need at least two. But what would those two be? I think probably, let's say Chelsea versus Arsenal when Matt Turner happens to be starting in goal. Would that be like the ultimate situation with only two Americans that you can envision? Uh, I don't know if that's quite must see. That's that's maybe like highly really? recommend you see. Maybe because not. those two are directly oppositional with, you know, you have obviously Christian Pulisic hoping to score, Matt Turner hoping that he will not score. I feel like that's that's a that's a that's a slam dunk for me. Yeah, circumstance might play into things there, too. You know, if it's late in the season and there's there's Champions League places in the line or titles on the line, then, then maybe it is must see. But early in the season, maybe that's just we highly recommend you tune in. For at least a portion of this. <laughs> okay, well, regardless, I think it stands to reason that pretty much any Chelsea versus Leeds game this year is going to be worth tuning in just for the storylines. Of course, you have Pulisic, and then you also have Jesse Marsh, and then you have Tyler Adams, and then you have Brendan Aronson. Is there anybody I'm forgetting, Brooks? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think that's going to be must-see start to finish, uh, those, those, those matchups this season, for sure. Okay, further along uh, the sort of storylines, uh, in this case, fictional storylines, Brooks, I have not seen Ted Lasso. We, <laughs> we, we have talked about this. I've been ridiculed for this uh, by pretty much all of my friends. I'm now being ridiculed for it by my wife because she has started watching it and is insisting to me that it's great. Uh, is it okay for me to watch the Premier League and not have seen Ted Lasso? I'm speaking now for anybody out there. <laughs> that it considers himself a soccer fan and has not seen Ted Lasso. I mean, yes, it's fine. I mean, of course, it's fine. Are you but, sure? Because I'm not getting the impression that it is fine <laughs> based yeah, on no, reactions. It's, it's, it's fine. But you're missing out on a good show. And at the same time, it might be more difficult now that Ted Lasso, the show, and the Premier League have a partnership. They're going to be kind of cross-promoting and, and integrating each other into their various platforms and stuff. So I think it could be a little bit more difficult to to watch the Premier League and be oblivious to the Ted Lasso universe. So I know uh, because <laughs> because um, amazingly enough, you've talked to me about this that that we have a piece coming out soon that's about sort of the the uh, the Ted Lasso guide to the Premier League for people that know Ted Lasso and maybe don't know as much about the Premier League. Um, I we had considered doing that in reverse for this show, but I don't think that, I don't think we could have uh, sustained a whole show that way. Where you explain Ted Lasso to me through the Premier League, so why don't you just do one? Like, what is what is a Premier League trope or thing that that appears? I assume in a fictionalized version in Ted Lasso that I should know about. I know that Roy Kent is basically Roy Keane because that's yeah, like so people that's... talk about this. So like, what's like an what's like a more I don't know, under the radar one that I might be surprised that they've carried over into the show. 
Well, one that, that just surprised me today, actually, um, I don't know if, if you read uh, Nick Miller's piece about the Arsenal are nothing series that that just released on uh, not, no. Amazon. Um, well, it talks Sounds about good, it talks about all of these uh, motivational and and different behind the scenes tactics that Mikel Arteta has used for his team. And okay. they're very Ted, La- Ted Lasso ish. <laughs> <laughs> Shockingly so. I, I didn't know he had so much Ted Lasso in him. Like he's drawing pictures of animated hearts and brains and having them hold hands. Hang on. No, I literally like five minutes before <laughs> we started recording this, I was just like scrolling through Twitter and I saw an image of Mikel Arteta like pointing at a whiteboard with a heart and a brain. I assumed that was like a meme and <laughs> no, somebody had real. like, it was like it was something real. else was on that board before and that they had like put in that. That's literally what yeah. he did. Yeah. I, he, and he also, <laughs> he also, uh, ahead of the match against Liverpool, played, he blasted, you'll never walk alone during the training session. So the players could get used to playing in that atmosphere. I mean, it's a very college football type of, of tactic, um, which, you know, is Ted Lasso's roots. So, or American football roots. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Mikel Arteta, the Spanish Ted Lasso, who knew? Wow. Okay. All right. You know, I'm, I'm really <laughs> running out of reasons other than just pure spite, uh, which is enough, frankly, for me. Uh, but moving well, on, um, s- people that are familiar with the TV schedule in the United States specifically uh, for the Premier League know that Peacock is... Uh, a problem, uh, especially if you don't subscribe to it. And it's going to be even more of a problem this year, basically. Uh, for this opening weekend, most of the games are going to be on Peacock, spe- uh, specifically on Saturday. Um, Friday's game, which is Crystal Palace versus Arsenal, is going to be on USA Network. And uh, Saturday afternoon's game, Chelsea versus Everton, is going to be on USA Network. Every other game is going to be on Peacock. So if you don't pay that uh, $5 a month or so, uh, you're just not going to be able to watch these games in the United States. In Canada, I should say for our Canadian listeners, pretty much every game is on Fubo TV Canada. But Brooks, this is a question that that has plagued uh, <laughs> all sorts of fans of all sorts of leagues for years now in, in uh, American soccer. Is the streaming service worth it? Is Peacock worth it? At this point, if you're a Premier League fan or you want to be a Premier League fan, I think it's necessary. I think it's it's unavoidable at this point because they put so many of the best matches on there now. I mean, originally, they, they seemed like when Peacock first launched, they put most of the big matches on television, whether yeah. it's NBC or NBCSN, which I guess doesn't really exist anymore. It does not. Yeah. So um, so you, you could get by and just watch the big games and, and you know, uh, that for some people, maybe that's enough. But at this point, I think you, you have to have it. Um, and actually, a nice thing about Peacock, and I'm not being paid by Peacock to say any of this. But <laughs> I mean, I think I the fact enjoyed, that I'm asking you if it's worth it is evidence <laughs> enough that we're not being paid. <laughs> but one thing I've enjoyed is that you can stream on Peacock the Premier League Network, too. So 24 oh. hours a day, the the official Premier League Network. And there's some there's some interesting stuff on there. So and I would And I would guess that unlike the experience on uh, some other networks uh, you're not the, the the end of the Premier League game is not immediately followed by maybe the most random television program you can think of 
Yeah. Uh, and I don't have a specific one in mind because it's literally, it seems random every single time. My favorite <laughs> was also was always on NBCSN when uh, the games would end and you would leave it on and go off and make a sandwich or something and come back and the classic car auction is currently <laughs> filling up. Uh, the, Eight the, hours the of classic car auction. <laughs> <laughs> Those are broadcast apparently uh, and it comes right after soccer. Anyway, moving on uh, to some more on the field matters. We mentioned Jesse Marsh at Leeds. We mentioned Brendan Aronson. We mentioned Tyler Adams. They're basically the new team to follow if your only interest in the Premier League is seeing Americans do well or seeing Americans break barriers or whatever, however you want to put it. So given all of that, what finishing spot in the table would be considered acceptable for Jesse Marsh at Leeds specifically? One can assume that he's under the most pressure of all those names I mentioned because he is the manager and managers are very, very disposable. Uh, where, where do they need to finish? Do they just need to not get relegated, basically? Yeah, I mean, so acceptable is an interesting word. Um, obviously, relegation was a very real threat last season for Leeds. Uh, I think to comfort, comfortably avoid relegation would be maybe acceptable. I, mean, I, think, I think top half of the table would be great, would be, you know, ideal. It'd be terrific, I think. But yeah, yeah, but I think comfortably avoiding relegation would probably be acceptable as a step forward this season. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Sort of along those same lines, uh, but even more on the field, how many, uh, however you want to measure it, starts minutes goals assists games played expected goals i don't know you can get you can get uh, as advanced as you want about this how many of those <laughs> whatever it is would be considered acceptable for christian pulisic at chelsea well i mean that's another one because if if we're talking uh starts it's not only how many but where <laughs> where on the field he's playing where, center back. Yeah. <laughs> New starting yeah. center back, Christian Pulisic. So, I mean, I think uh, you want to see him in there as much as possible, obviously. So, you want at least 20, 25 starts from him, at least, at you know, bare minimum. Right. And, and you want to see them in a position where he's, you know, should be playing, not, not at left back or something. So, I think at least 25 starts. I think he had, what, six goals, two assists in the Premier League last year. If he can get into double digits, that would be fantastic, um, assuming he's playing in the right spots. Right. But, yeah, yeah, I think anywhere upwards of eight-plus goals, four or five assists. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, The Athletic UK has a big sort of Premier League preview that dives into sort of what uh, is going to be expected from every single uh, team in the Premier League this season. You all should definitely check that out. So we're not going to run team by team through those. Those just seem to be the two big American storylines going into this season. We're going to go back a little bit to some some questions that address the actual act of watching. And I know, Brooks, we talk about this every week during the season. 
uh, because the games start very early over here. The the, the time zones obviously uh, play, have a role to play. I feel very sorry for those of you that live on the West Coast because <laughs> uh, this question probably isn't even a question for you. How good does a 7.30 a.m. Eastern game need to be in order to merit getting up early for it? Again, if you're on the West Coast, that's what, like 4.30 a.m. Eastern? You might as well, you know, I, I guess the question is reverse. Uh, how good does it have to be to stay up <laughs> uh, for, for one of those games? Uh, you know, what, what's sort of the line for you personally? Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan on the West Coast, that's pure dedication if you're waking up at 4 in the morning or whatever it is to, yeah. to watch any game at all. Um, for me, I, I am not a morning person, so it's a pretty high bar for those 7.30 a.m. matches on the East Coast for me. Um, as I've said many times before, I'm a Chelsea supporter, so I'll get up for any, any Chelsea match, obviously, but beyond that, it's gotta be, uh, some big teams, a big, a big derby match, a big, uh, uh, end of season match with, with, you know, major implications on the title or, or champions league places. So, um, so, so maybe, maybe the question for, should be this since like the importance of the match is so important. Uh, and, and such a deciding factor here. Is there, is there any game before the new year, before, before <laughs> January 1st, that merits getting up at, at 6.30 a.m.? If you're not a morning person, like I, I'm also not a morning person. Like, is there, is there any possible matchup before, before January 1st that merits getting up? I mean, aside from my club, I think, sure. I, think I would probably do, uh, like I said, a, a big derby match like Arsenal Spurs or okay. Man United Man City or or Man United Liverpool. Um, I I do I do those. Uh, and then if there's some especially intriguing storyline of the moment, that might that might pull me in, wake me yeah. up early. But yeah, it's it's a high bar. Secondly, for 10 a.m. start games, most most games this weekend is no different. You know, you have your early kickoff at 7.30 a.m. You have your late kickoff uh, usually at noon or 2.30, sometimes both. Uh, and then you have a whole glut of games that all kick off at 10 a.m. For those games, for that sort of general kickoff window, what's your strategy? Do you prefer to split screen like a thousand of them? Do you like channel surf? Do you focus on one game? Obviously, if only one of them is on TV and you don't subscribe to Peacock, this makes the decision very <laughs> makes easy. easy. Yeah. Uh, but what what is what is your personal strategy here? Personally, I have a very very hard time split screening games ever. Like I think whip around really? shows like have have their place sometimes, but for the most part, I it's just like I feel like I'm missing out. I, I'm I'm comfortable playing the lottery and choosing a game and just like sticking with it. And at least getting like the full story of the game as opposed to trying to keep track of like five things at once and never really knowing what's going on. Yeah, I mean, so I'll I'll usually start off split screening and flipping around and trying doing a sampling several things. Sure, sure. And then and then I'll zero in as as that time slot goes on and as those matches go on. What's the minute mark for you where, where you where you start having to narrow it down like 60th uh, halftime? Halftime, really? I'll, I'll just okay. make a decision at halftime. That's early. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. So you, I'm so deceptive. you get a full half. I can see it. All yeah. right. All right. That makes sense. That's a very reasonable approach, books. <laughs> uh, last one, and another question that has plagued now probably like generations, or at least maybe two. I don't know how many generations have had the internet by now, but like. For, for for weekday afternoon games, we have one uh, on this opening weekend. Actually, no, sorry, we have two. We have one on Friday and one on one on Monday. Um, 
what is the best way to watch those at work, considering that they are weekday games, they are in the afternoon, most people don't get off work at 2 p.m. Um, what's the best way to watch it at work for you and me? Hey, we 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 are we live a we live a blessed <laughs> life. Uh, we we can very easily do this. Um, but what what sort of strategies would you recommend uh, to people that are in offices office jobs and need to maybe hide their addiction to the Premier League somehow? Well, get a job covering soccer. That's that's step one. Sure. You know, that's just very automatic, easy. very easy yeah. to do. Um, but. <laughs> No, I mean, I think I think with more people working from home, that it's maybe a bit easier than in years or generations past. It's true. Uh, so, so that takes care of a lot of it. But yeah, I mean, I think a long or a late lunch where you slip out, you try and get a lot done early in the morning, you show your face around the office, and then you maybe slip out towards that later afternoon time slot. This is that what I did the for the... This is what I did for the World Cup back in 2018 when I was not working here. Uh, I definitely took a couple very, very long lunches, hopefully not suspiciously long. Uh, They probably were suspiciously long. But um, my recommendation would be, obviously, the the go-to would be to just watch on your phone. Um, Everybody has a phone now that can play video. The, The downside of that, though, is that then you're tying up your phone and you can't actually, like, use your phone for the entire two hours. So my genius suggestion, get a second phone. <laughs> like just find, just find one on Craigslist or eBay or something, something that, that where you, the only thing you'll be using it for is the Wi-Fi signal. Install well, Peacock. Phone, like, get a tablet or something. At least get yeah, a bigger screen. Well, yeah, but you can hide the phone easier. Like if, if right. your boss comes walking through or whatever, I don't know. Well, do, do bosses walk through cubicles and get mad at people for, for doing things like this well, anymore? Th- I don't th- know. This, this brings me to my strategy. The, the, the 4D chess move, turn your boss into a soccer fan if they're not already. Ooh. And then you do a business lunch, all of you together at the, at the, at the bar, at the sports bar, and you all watch together. So no one I honestly had never considered that. And yeah. it's the best suggestion that we've had. That's, a, that's the high point. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get better than this because we're spreading the love of the game throughout the United States. And we should probably just stop right there. Uh, we've now go. solved every single dilemma that exists for American soccer fans. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> the entire weekend of Premier League is uh, is up on pretty much any any place you can find the schedule. We have the full preview up on The Athletic. It'll be linked in the show's description. Uh, Brooks, I'm looking forward to getting back into the groove of doing these weekend previews with you. But until next week, when we actually do the hour by hour, choose a game thing, maybe some predictions, maybe some other things along the way. Uh, we'll just, we'll, we'll talk to you then and leave it here for now. Sounds good. Before we go, your TV guide for today, as usual, all times are Eastern. And in case you didn't get the memo through the entire rest of this show, the Premier League starts today. It kicks off at 3 p.m. Eastern with Crystal Palace hosting Arsenal. That is on USA Network or Fubo TV Canada, if you are in Canada. At 2.30 p.m., we also have a big game in the Bundesliga, Eintracht Frankfurt versus Bayern Munich. That is on ESPN Plus or Sportsnet in Canada. And we have two pretty interesting NWSL games happening tonight. At 8 p.m., Racing Louisville FC versus Washington Spirit. That is on Paramount Plus or Twitch if you're international. And at 10.30 p.m., Portland Thorns versus the North Carolina Courage. That is on CBS Sports Network or Paramount Plus in the United States. And once again, on Twitch if you happen to be anywhere else. 
This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so, so, so much for listening, and happy soccer and happy new Premier League season to you all.